0: If you have something to say, I'd like to hear it. I want a divorce. Are you asking me for a divorce? Divorce? I will divorce you so fast it'll make your head spin. I want a divorce. I want a divorce. I want a divorce. I want
1: a divorce. I want a divorce. I want a divorce. I want a divorce. I want a divorce.
0: This is Dallas Divorce Talk with Don Butner and Carla Calabrese. Don and Carla guide you deep inside the world of divorce, through all the ins and outs, ups and downs, and any unexpected turns. Now, your hosts to have and to hear, Dawn Budner and Carla Calabrese. Hello, Dallas.
2: This is Dallas Divorce Talk on RNCN. We are going to talk about all things divorce. My name's Dawn Budner, and I'm here with Carla Calabrese. We are lawyers at the firm of Calabrese Huffin, Dallas, Texas and we are both women of a certain age. (laughs) We have been married. We are mothers, and we want to be here for you as a resource to answer your questions and help you understand all things divorce, whether you're considering divorce, whether you are in the middle of a divorce, or if you're trying to Uh, navigate the world after divorce we want to be here for you and if you have questions that you want to ask us we are on social media Facebook Twitter Instagram Dallas divorce talk so we're very excited to get this started Carla say hello hello Dallas how are you guys today so what we thought we'd talk about today is some of the myths and misconceptions around divorce we hear there are a few
1: Carla, are you ready to talk about this? I'm ready to talk
2: about it. What should we do first? I think we
1: should start, Dawn, with, I mean, you know, we've got so much experience, right, in in dealing with these myths. Um, one thing that I think people completely miss the point on is the idea that they have to have a bulldog gladiator in their, uh, you know, corner of the ring, so to speak, right? And I think... To use a few metaphors. Just a few. Um, and I think that, um, you know... The, the concept of taking that kind of more caveman approach to your uh, ending and restructuring your family, as we have seen in our practice, can be devastating and ha- do way more damage than good. So I do think it's, it's a, a really hard concept to sell people that they don't need that big, bad, nasty lawyer, um, but um, with the advent of collaborative law, if I don't know if the listeners know much about that, but we have seen that actually um, a more strategic approach that involves, um, you know, putting down the uh, big bat and and trying to reach across the table and getting people what they both need out of the process. Is really a much better, uh, much better um, way of getting what you need out of your, you know, your divorce.
2: I think you're right. I think that is probably the number one myth around divorce: is that in order to feel safe, you need to have somebody who talks a big game and, you know, has the fancy office and sort of, you know, looks the part. And I do think it's very important that you have someone who is experienced and smart and who can, you know, go to bat for you but without a weapon, preferably. Right. A different, different kind of weapon. Yeah, a, diff- is what I, a different yeah. approach. different approach, yeah. Because, you know, even if you're pretty sure that every single reason leading to your divorce is the fault of your spouse, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure if I were in that situation, that would be my position, <laughs> um, you have to take the opportunity well you don't have to what you can do is be in denial and fight and fight and fight and then get another divorce the next time around (laughs) or you can say whoa hold on here this person that I loved you know at one time can't be 100% at fault here and so let's look a little bit inward and figure out what are the dynamics that led me to this place right and if you're in court You're not in a safe place to do any of that looking or healing. And, you know, I just came from court this morning. Mm -hmm. And I will say it is my strong opinion that the only person who wins in court is the lawyer. Yeah. The lawyer is getting paid every time they go into court and every time they have to prepare for another motion. And so it's in the lawyer's interest to argue about deposition dates and make the other party go to the court for a hearing on something like that. But does it do anything to advance this broken family toward a resolution? I would submit no. Right. It does not. Right. Um, and, and I think people don't understand it's not yeah. they're, they're not hearing, you know, what you mentioned about collaborative law enough. Because, hear this people, because it is not in the financial interests of the lawyer to do collaborative law.
1: Yeah, so that's probably one of the reasons why it is, it, you know, people don't, um, well, let me say this. There are lawyers that do not even tell the client that that is an option, which they should because it's a statutory option in Texas. I mean, it is something that statutorily, you know, people can use. So, yeah, I agree with you completely that, that um that that is something that they um, are not getting enough information about because of that reason. Um, But, I mean, as far as, you know, gladiators go, too, I mean, uh, you know, at the same time, I think we have to be, you know, fair and balanced in kind of how we're approaching this. You know, you do sometimes need an amazing, um, I don't know, can I say this online? (laughs) Kick-ass? (laughs) Laura, Lawyer. um to when you can't get agreement you have people who are not reasonable in this world unfortunately one of the most difficult things that i have seen and learned in my 20 plus years of doing this is there's a lot of emotional health issues out there and people come into divorce not you know 90% of them have those kinds of issues so it's great if you can get people to agree. It's wonderful to collaborate. But there are times you just can't. So and that's it, when yeah,
2: Carla yeah. sends the client over to me. That's right. That's and when it makes Don me go into it. court. And I'm wondering if the listeners think that's fair.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's fair. But anyway. Um, but, but So that's when you do need uh, somebody who um, who is extremely, let's say this, not aggressive for the sake of being aggressive, but somebody who's not afraid to go into the courtroom and represent you and zealously represent you, but then also has the mind, you know, really is able to separate the um, fight for the fight versus, you know, getting in there and really just doing what needs to be done.
2: And Carla is counseling me. I'm working on trying to separate (laughs) that out. Now, look, we took this whole first segment pretty much with talking about one myth. (laughs) We have a whole list of myths. Okay, when we come back, we will continue talking about myths surrounding divorce on Dallas Divorce Talk.
0: Don't split. More of Dallas Divorce Talk coming up next.
1: You're listening to RNCN. The digital destination for premium
0: talk radio. Here for you through thick and thin, you're listening to Dallas Divorce Talk on RNCN. The heart is a blue.
2: Welcome back, everybody, to Dallas Divorce Talk with Dawn Budner and Carla Calabrese. We are talking all things divorce, and actually we're just talking about some myths surrounding divorce, and want to hear from you. So if you have questions that you would like us to answer in these segments, you can email us directly. No one will see it but us. I'll see mine. Carla has a lot of emails she hasn't read, but (laughs) she's going to do better with that. Our email addresses are Dawn, D-A-W-N, or Carla, C-A-R-L-A, at calabresehuff.com. It's one word, Mm -hmm. C-A-L-A-B-R-E-S-E-H-U-F-F.com. And we were just talking about divorce myths and thought we might get into something that can be a sensitive topic. We know it happens, you know, a lot of the time and can be one of the main causes for divorces, and that is adultery. So... There are myths surrounding divorce. People sometimes think, well, my gosh, if I am caught having committed adultery, I'm going to just lose everything. I may as well just, you know, let my spouse do what he will with
1: me and have his way. And is that true? Carla? Um, No, it's not necessarily true. Um, You know, adultery is a very interesting thing. You know, we have had – I've been doing this since – 1991 and I can tell you that 90% of I would say 90% of the divorces that come into my office there has been adultery in the divorce I mean in the in the marriage so it's very that's a good bit of adultery yeah (laughs) it's very prevalent very common I feel like I'm missing something (laughs) well you're missing a nasty divorce Um, but um, it's very prevalent very common um, and I think Because it's so prevalent and so common, there's a misconception that people believe that if I get can you know pin something on my spouse with respect to an affair, then you know I'll get a big division, you know a big disproportionate division, or I'll get more, or the kids won't be able to see him, or something like that. When in fact. I think courts have become a bit desensitized to uh, affairs. I'm not saying that you wouldn't get a um, you know disproportionate division, but I do think that there's been a bit of a desensitivity that's been going on at the courthouse. There's so much of it. I mean, oh, they've seen a few things yes, in yes, the courthouse. Seen, they've seen a few things.
2: And you know, we should say that under the Texas Family Code, there is a provision that allows for what Carla just referenced disproportionate division of the estate. And to back up, Texas is a community property state, so unless property is separate, was owned before marriage, or gift or devised during marriage, it's considered community property. And generally in Texas we divide that 50-50. No men, just because you work and your wife raises your children, you're not entitled to all that money. It's hers too, <laughs> um, a personal aside. But what courts will do is recognize that there are some factors that you know, may weigh in favor of doing a disproportionate division, and adultery
1: is one of those, right, Carla? That's right, it is. And, you know, what's interesting is, and I know we talked earlier about collaborative law, and we're definitely going to share with you a lot about it because we're huge believers in collaborative law, but one thing that we have seen in, in our collaborative cases, again, remember, 90% of our cases have involved in, in affairs, so there's a lot of affairs in, you know, these collaborative cases as well. Um, <clears throat> many times, you know, more than money, what people want is an apology. And, you know, they just don't get it in the litigation process. They get beat up worse. Um, they get, uh, you know, somebody has an affair. And then the first thing that, if you're defending somebody who had the affair, is you got to find the dirt on the other person, right? So, in hopes that it will balance out. It will out balance in front it out court. so that there won't be a disproportionate division, right? Um, when I can tell you, we've had so many cases where. There have been affairs and what was really needed was for them to step out of the process, sit with a mental health professional and apologize or talk it through and really just in a very safe environment, you know, discuss what happened to their marriage. Because the truth of this, another myth is that adultery causes divorce. I mean, that's a complete myth. I mean, adultery is just a symptom usually a symptom of a you know a marriage going in the wrong direction so that's what they need to talk about and that's where the and I know it sounds really hard because you're thinking, oh, someone had an affair on this person. What you know, you're not going to blame the person, but at the same time, you got to look at yourself. Like you said, accountability. I mean, I've had girlfriends. I remember having a girlfriend one time telling me, um, you know, her husband was, you know, having an affair, and I was, and I, you know, known her forever since the, the beginning of her, you know, since the day she was married. I was at her at her wedding. You know, she had, you know, gained a bunch of weight. She was focusing on the kids twenty four seven. She's like, well, we haven't had, you know. Sex Carla. in a while. Carla, and, you're not <laughs> so. suggesting that that
2: spouses need to have sex in order to have a happy marriage. <laughs> yes, because I this am. is a family show <laughs>
1: and kids might be in the car, Carla. Well, well then block their ears. But um yes, I am. And so, you know, and she I, you know, she said the best advice I ever gave her was she got to the gym, she stopped, you know, thinking about the kids twenty four seven, she started having, you know, Saturday night dates that she would arrange and you know, guess what? It worked. So, you know, it's just something that a collaborative process can help you with. Whereas in litigation with the gladiator and the bulldog that we talked about earlier, it's just just going to make it uglier and worse. And they're going to be more estranged and more, um, you know, separated down the road. Okay. So I
2: want to say... Two things here, if I could. For all of your complaints about Carla's reference to going to the gym, please <laughs> contact Carla directly at Carla at Secondly, Carla, I noticed that you, in referring to the collaborative there, talked about mental health professional. And I don't think we have explained yet during the show what, what collaborative entails. Okay.
1: Yeah. So collaborative is is a holistic approach to um, restructuring your family and what it is it's an agreement between the parties that says we're going to before we go litigate and have a big brawl at the courthouse and blow our estate we're going to try to sit down with a team of trained collaborators Um, and that team will be each lawyer and the mental health professional who's a neutral, and a financial professional who's a neutral.
2: Wow, Carla, that sounds like a lot of money, <laughs> all those professionals.
1: Well, at the end of the day, litigation um, is a lot of money too. So I think the question you have to say to yourself is, do you want to spend your resources toward uh, on professionals who are Dealing with just settlement only, or you know, do you want to go ahead and just go with the whole enchilada down okay, the path? Okay, I'm going to
2: pretend. I'm going to stop pretending like I disagree with collaborative <laughs> for a second, um, because I don't. I think it's absolutely the evolved way to deal with the situation of divorce and, and how to go forward with your family, how to heal. Uh, the other thing I want to point out, though, is that everything that these financial or neutral mental health professionals are doing. Is helping you, so instead of paying two lawyers to fight about who gets to take the kids to ballet, you've got one parent facilitator, mental health professional helping you together create a parenting plan that will work for your family, and that is just so much better, don't you think? It I is. know you do. It it is. I know we it's, both agree it's, on it's that. It's so much better.
1: Um, yeah. So collaborative again um, we're big fans uh, we do a lot of that in our in our office and again if you want to talk more about that or have questions um, our email address uh, I think Donna sent Carla at calabresehuff.com or don at calabresehuff.com
2: and I do co- uh, collaborative too Carla wanted to point out I'm not just the person who fights in court yes she's a great I collaborative have lawyer. a gentle side <laughs> All right, people, next segment, we will continue talking about divorce myths. DallasDivorceTalk.com.
0: We now pronounce this Dallas Divorce Talk exclusively on RNCN. At first
2: I was afraid, I was petrified. I kept thinking I could never live without you by my side.
1: You're listening to RNCN, the number one source for premium talk radio.
0: Celebrating the sanctity of good radio, this is Dallas Divorce Talk on RNCN. What you uh want?
2: We're back for the third segment of our very first Dallas Divorce Talk, and we're so glad y'all are here. This is Dawn Fudner, and I'm here with my partner, Carla Huff, and we thought in this segment maybe... Oh, my God. I can't believe I just said that. That's so that's embarrassing. Winnie okay. will love it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Winnie has our other partner. I just combined them into one human. Um, okay, that's embarrassing. Anyway, um, I'm assuming that the, you know, editing folks that cut out all of the bad language we used, that's not really true. So Never mind. I'm here with Carla and okay. Oh, I was going to say, you could just leave it. I thought it was funny. I thought but it was cute. I'd yeah. leave it. I'd totally leave I would it. I'll just keep going.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah it's cute. <clears throat>
2: Okay, so we thought in this last segment we would tell you guys a little bit more about ourselves and how we got to where we are now uh, doing family law in Dallas, and Carla's story is a lot more interesting, so
1: I'm going to defer to her at this moment. Okay, I don't know if it is or not, but... um so, um, for the listeners, um, if you have uh, never met me, I have been a family lawyer since 1991. Um, I worked um, with m- our other partner, Winnie Huff, at a firm called Haynes & Boone in town, which is a big uh, litigation and corporate and fabulous law firm. we got phenomenal training there. Very, very blessed to have had that, that experience. And um, But about five years or six years into it, I was just thinking, oh, I really think I want to do something that's... More than just, you know, suing uh, companies and, you know, you'd get a great verdict for for a company and they would not necessarily care that much because oftentimes it really wasn't their, you know, personal stuff. So um, I I actually thought about um, after um, being there for quite a while that I might have... Maybe missed the mark on the law. I was really kind of seriously thinking I should have maybe gone and got a Ph.D. in psychology. I really got interested in psychology, and um, I was getting ready to think about um, doing that. Actually, put some res- um, some applications in, and then I thought, oh my God, I put myself through seven years of school, I don't think I can do it again. So family law was kind of a natural um, transition for me, because I knew I could get involved with um, dealing with people and their emotions and helping them with that kind of stuff. So that's, that's really how I started in 91. And um, I was a litigator like Don in the beginning, and did a lot of, you know, just regular old divorce work with litigation. And we did not have, uh, we were not fortunate back then, we did not have collaborative law. And so we had to just kind of, you know, punch, um work our way through it um and then in 2000 um their um collaborative came to dallas and i remember i had an 18 month old daughter my daughter is 17 and she graduated
2: last weekend from high school she
1: just graduated and she's getting ready to go to college but she was 18 months old and i was like oh my god i don't know if i can do this anymore i mean you know you can get pretty burned out with um with divorce work but in any event <clears throat> they um I got a call from a very good friend of mine Larry Hans and he said hey I think you're going to love this thing called collaborative law I really want you to come and get trained we're only training a small group of people first time go around and we think you'd be great for w- at it so uh, went to the training and it was really just was the calling was there for me the passion I was just this is what I was meant to do this is what my law degree is about this I'm supposed to be helping people and that's exactly what we do in collaborative law so that's that and that was night yeah, two, 2000 and then we Texas is so awesome we got the first statute in the country Woo-hoo! in 2001 Texas. yeah and we were really and very very um, our practice group in Dallas and our Dallas lawyers did a lot of the uh, legwork and for the um, other people in the country other professionals in the country uh, the Dallas lawyers are actually known by people all over the almost all over the world well um, for what we've done Dallas is known for a lot of things over (laughs) the world that we don't want to go into right now (laughs)
2: but that's so that's my
1: story Don Tell
2: tell a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, so when Carla was working, I was actually just three or four years old. Okay. That's not true. (laughs) That's not true at all. No, it's not. (laughs) All right. Fine. So anyway, I worked at a big firm in Dallas too, and I started my career at Carrington Coleman, Sloman and Blumenthal. Another great firm. Which is just an amazing firm I can't say enough good things about, and still lots of my closest friends are at Carrington Coleman or were at Carrington Coleman. And I got excellent training, excellent training. And it's funny, you talk about psychology because I I think maybe a lot of lawyers in the back of their minds are really interested in psychology, but I got Really, really, into trials and the psychology of picking juries and convincing juries. I loved it. I got to do some cases with Mark Werbner. Hi, Mark. <laughs> Mark's a lawyer in town. He is an amazing trial lawyer. and he trained me in trial skills and trial work, and I got to be part of some you know multimillion dollar verdict cases and then, um, on my own, thrown to the wolves uh, in federal court to do one that got huge verdict on. So I got to kind of feel feel the glory. And what I realized was it was okay, but it wasn't really you know what life is about for me. So I got to have that experience, and I'm grateful for it. Very grateful. And I also give shout out to Judge Barbara Lynn, who was my mentor all <laughs> along at Carrington Coleman, and is still one of my closest friends, and taught me. Everything anyone should ever know about ethics and the law. So I respect her very much. Um, But frankly, I kind of liked my pro bono family law cases (laughs) along the way more than, you know, some of these cases that were getting attention. And I stepped out for a few years with my three kids. And when I decided to come back, and we'll have many episodes about our, our personal issues. We'll be using this forum as therapy for ourselves. But right now, let me skip over that. So when I came back, I have known Carla and Winnie for, I think, more than 20 years. And they are the only people I would want to do this job with, especially because of, you know, their, their collaborative work, which I love. And But trials for me are also really fun. So that's how... I got here and you know i think it's hard i think it's it's harder than i thought in some ways because i do kind of take on what my clients are going through and i care very much about getting what i think is you know the right result for them but i think i'm helping i think it's it's very important for people to come to a lawyer that really does kind of care about them personally
1: and when Dawn came on board, we were um, trying to help her understand that you just see everything. When you do family law, you see everything. You see the underbelly. You see people in pain. You see people, um, you know, it's it's for many people, it's the absolute worst, worst time in their lives. And, um, it, and it, it really is. And so, you know, and to be able to really help those people, um, not just, you know, get them what they think they want, but to also give them Um, some guidance and to you know what they might really need
2: and that's why we're doing this show because we want to help people who are contemplating divorce in the middle of divorce who have questions just want to want to be there for for you and help you and your navigate. friends, and your, and your colleagues, friends. exactly, um,
1: family members. I mean, you know, it touches everybody. I mean, even if you're not going through divorce, but it's just one of your best friends is going through divorce or your sister, call us. We're here, we're happy to help in any way.
2: And we also, hopefully, along the way, are going to offer some tips for how to avoid this situation because oh, yeah, you know, for sure. we see some things that end up causing divorce and you know that helps you gain an understanding of how to avoid it too yep so we look forward to hearing your questions and sharing this experience with you dallas this is dawn and carla signing off dallas divorce talk at rncn.com
1: for more information on dallas divorce talk visit us online at CalibriesHuff.com or check us out on facebook and twitter